0: Yeah, I would definitely, this book, much better than any of the books that I've read with the the Tuesday group.
1: Because John doesn't seem to be crazy.
2: Nope.
1: (laughs) Thank you for joining us this week on Use Your Words Podcast. This is part four of the book, Awaken Alive to Truth by John Cooper. We're going to be covering the rest of the book tonight and then Aaron will maybe give us a clue on what the next book is if he's remembered to write that down or if it maybe got lost in his head. I don't know. We'll see. Again, this episode is recorded on 10-15-2022. 20,
0: I actually don't have wax in my ears. I've always amazed the doctors when I was a kid.
1: Nothing. New fact about Josh. He never has had wax in his ears. Head wax?
0: (laughs) I mean, everybody's got (laughs) some wax, but... You just said you don't. I actually don't have wax in my ears.
1: All right, so chapter eight, Jesus the Lion. The Lion. Rawr. Yeah, I read that and I immediately thought of the song of lions that they do. Oh and I didn't. What the heck? Yeah, what the heck? Oh man. So did, oh. so what 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 stuck out to you on chapter eight here, Mr. Johnson? Well I got a couple things here. I think pretty much
0: everything I have is on chapter eight. Uh first thing I brought up the whole the truth isn't always polite thing. Okay. Um oh gosh dang it, now I lost my spot here in the book. And that's on 88, I believe. Yes. Okay. Yes. The paragraph before where it says Jesus hates pride. The more I've studied Jesus's words, the more I understand how his love necessitated the hard truths he preached. What do these hard words of Jesus teach us? First, Jesus hates pride. Second, the truth isn't always polite. Finally, radical truth requires radical words. That was something, and even like I guess reading it wasn't the start of chapter eight where he's talking about how like he um, he never, I guess was aware of what the harsh words or whatever that Jesus had said. You know, it's always the good lovey dovey stuff that makes you feel good inside, kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: It was never the stuff that like.
0: Hmm.
1: I, I don't think that he never read it because he does say here, a uh, strange thought haunted me as I read the red letters of Jesus mm. in the scripture. Jesus yeah. didn't sound nearly as nice to me as I had been told. That's okay. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's it. And he goes, Sorry. I didn't want to tell anyone because it seemed too irreverent. Yes. You know what irreverent means, right? It,
0: uh, I can't put it into words, but I get the idea of it. You get the um, idea of it. What's the idea of it? It. Oh man it's like ugh, part of me wants to say why well, do part of me wants to say improper but it's bad it's not good it's showing lack of respect
2: yeah that's what it means yeah showing okay. lack of respect okay so mm-hmm. yeah and i guess like i i'm trying to well, i guess i'm i'm i guess i'm
0: i'm trying to think i've never thought of Jesus's words, I guess, as that, um, as far as uh, being, not being as like being nice. I mean, obviously, okay. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't necessarily think of them as nice words. So when he's talking to the Pharisees and stuff like that, where he, I mean, when he calls them a brood of vipers and stuff like that. And right. I mean, yeah, that doesn't really sound nice. But I guess I just always figure, well, if you're saying the truth, then it's good.
1: <laughs> well, like here, what he says, you know, is one of his examples, I guess. He goes, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Mm. He's going, you know, hey, you're stopping other people from going into heaven, and you yourself are not going.
2: So right.
1: It's like. Oof, 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 oof. That's, that's and he and gives some other examples in here as well. Uh, he goes, "For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah,
0: that." Uh, I mean, that's kind of how we, when, what we were talking about in one of the uh, other episodes, where it's like the whole appearance thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: seems all nice and shiny on the outside, but on the inside, it's just messed up and
1: just ugly by the way i just i love this phrase mm-hmm. due to modern language some may not recognize how much of an insult that was in my generation we would call that a pretty good burn pretty good burn. Yeah, <laughs> that made me laugh i was like okay john you're dating yourself <laughs> yeah. that was a pretty
0: good burn
1: yeah so anything else on 88 89 here no, no, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So really what John was getting at here to sum it up mm-hmm. was that the religious leaders didn't love God. They were doing the right thing. It was an act for them. They were yeah. making sure as he put it, they were whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. You know, again, going back to the Look at me. I am so good. Aha, uh-huh. sort of nope. zeal going on, right? Yeah. And that self righteousness of the religious people missed the point. And it, it ended up being an enslavement and regulation. And, you know, and they enslaved themselves and others in regulation and, you know, rule of law, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to walk this way. You can't do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to look this way. Blah, 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 blah but they were not helping meet the needs of the people in that regard. Oh, you walked on the wrong side of the street. I'm sorry. I can't help you regarding whatever it is that you're having trouble Hmm. with. Go and suffer in silence until you learn how to walk correctly on the street. Stupid example, but kind of the thing that they were doing at that time, right? Gets to the gist of, yeah, what was going on. Yeah, exactly. And Jesus over and over goes, woe to you because you do these things. Woe to you. I was like, "All right," that's... and he has a interesting uh, juxtaposition. Uh, he goes, "Sinners versus religious zealots." He goes, "Which are worse?" <laughs> I'm like, mm, "Yep, I know." <laughs> the religious zealots, unfortunately, is the correct answer. Like that, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. Because it, it saying that it's harsh to the religious leaders because they're full of pride. Because right. they believe they deserve salvation based on what they do outwardly. What they do what other people can see, not based on what's happening inside. hmm Yeah, then yeah,
0: I guess I, I guess that makes me brings me back to Matthew seven. Is that are those like the kind of people is are, are are those some of the kind of people that he's talking about in that moment where he says, turn, you know, um, and people, you know, say, you know, Lord, Lord, I did these things in your name. And where he tells them, turn away for I never knew you. Is it people like that where they just do it based on the actions and saying that they did stuff in Jesus' name? But they, I mean, it was, they were obviously messed up in the heart.
1: Is that some of the people he's getting at? from that verse he's getting at those people you know the people that are saying kind of the that outward thing Mm -hmm. yes you know he's also getting at those people who will outwardly proclaim but not do anything then as well Mm. there's a lot of flex there i just Mm -hmm. remember i forget the exact verse where it says you know pathway is narrow it's not a wide path it's not an easy road it's very constrained it's very it it sounds weird to say it's it's very selective you can't just and not just anyone can go through and Mm -hmm. go Wee! i'm through i made it exactly
0: yeah um at some point i I guess i probably should (laughs) read that verse or what it actually is Okay, and it is, it's so it's Matthew 7, and it starts on 21, where it says, Not everyone who says to me, and this is the ESV, sorry. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name and then i will declare to them i never knew you depart from me you workers of lawlessness So that's the whole that whole section which is 21 through 23 of chapter 7 in matthew Mm -hmm. but um okay gosh that's that's just that there's one haunting scripture
1: Mm -hmm. right because it is real easy to do outwardly these things and not take it internally and believe it. Mm-hmm. And it's very haunting when, you know, in God, you know, in Jesus in this case, you know, he's very much like, oh, you're going to be self-righteous and haughty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you down a peg or two.
2: <laughs>
1: you're going to regret that. Yeah. And it seems so contradictory. Like if you look on 90. You know, Mm -hmm. where it says, God is gracious to us, and he is a friend of sinners, but God takes great offense to the prideful, self-righteous soul who thinks he deserves salvation due to his own human efforts. Why? Because our salvation is not about what we have done. It's about what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, there's nothing we can do to earn our way. Yes. Into it. And again, he comes back into the whole thing of truth isn't always nice. It isn't always polite. It's Mm -hmm. always, it can be. A little offensive or seem offensive at times. Yeah, and
0: um, that's where it brought me to. For in in page ninety four, uh, the part where it says the cost of a following. Uh, it starts off in America. We tend to beg people to follow Christ. We even make it as easy as possible we don't offend and we certainly don't tell all of the truth. Lest people may not want to follow. Jesus was not nearly as bashful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was just, ugh.
1: yeah. Oh, I was at a huh? moment. Well,
0: I, I've had these conversations with, with my dad and stuff like that. And I mean, he's mentioned how I was like churches today. It's like, they don't, Speak with any sort of conviction um and some of their messages where it's all just the you know God is love and all this fluffy stuff to make you feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside, and nothing's mm-hmm. wrong there's there's no sense of you know God is just, and there you I mean he will bring judgment, you know and well again as we talked about earlier, you know how he is holy and (laughs) sin and holiness have no place together kind of thing. And it's like, we forget that there is, I mean, (laughs) there is punishment to some degree, I suppose that can come if we aren't careful, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I just think of how it's like, we want to shy away from that kind of message where, you know, God will bring judgment to those that aren't, you know, with him or for him kind of thing. And we just want to preach the nice, you know, simple little, oh, if you believe in Him and stuff like that, and you know, he's, you know, he's so loving and kind and gracious and stuff. And, it almost makes you feel like there's nothing to to worry about. There's no other um, way things can turn out. Um, so it's like, as a church, that is, you if you're not doing that, you're doing a major disservice to your congregation. Um, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, we have just become so soft and fluffy and just don't want to have to, anything to worry about. Cause you like being comfortable. Every mean, everybody likes being comfortable at some point, but mm-hmm. got to get out of those comfort zones. Cause it's like, if nobody even, I guess I think about this for the people out on the outside looking in, like if they never hear a message about judgment and hell and death and all that, rea- that reality of everything, it's like, well, what's the need to go anyways. Like if all of this is just love and stuff like that, then I, I mean I got nothing to worry about if I'm not hearing anything that can be bad that could happen. So I mean, yeah, it's important. And I mean, I mean, we're even told uh, I can't think of what the verse is, but I mean, we need to be sharing the full truth and not hiding or holding back any of the truth um, from God's word to his to the people. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. We
1: need to toughen up, get uncomfortable. Anything else in chapter eight? Uh, that's pretty much it, because that's at the end. All right, so I got a few take more. it away. I got a few more things here. Yeah, take her away. <laughs> and I was just like, yep, 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 yep. All right. So, I love at the end of page ninety. Mm-hmm. He says this without spending much time on the subject. And I was like, thank goodness we just <laughs> read this. He goes recognize how the extremes of inclusivity in the social justice context led to banning speech that is deemed hateful or violent violence under its new expanded definition is anything that causes physical or emotional harm, distress or offense to anyone. Mm. I was just like, okay. Yep. Okay.
2: <laughs> and he just
1: touched on it a little bit and he goes and he's going through this, right? And he goes, Jesus didn't operate this way. And I was like, thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs>
0: It's plain and simple.
1: (laughs) Yep. Straightforward and to the point. Yep. And then he says a couple other things, you know, politeness is not the same thing as being kind. Hmm. You know, you're always taught that in school or when you're a kid, polite, be polite, be polite, be kind. I was like, yeah, that that's definitely the true thing there. And I love this. Jesus was in the business of telling the truth in order to save sinners from death. So, though he may not have always seemed polite, he was extending the saving kindness of truth.
2: Hmm. It's
1: like, all right. And then he goes on to talk about like the rich young ruler, you know, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? This is in Matthew 19 16. Yeah. Jesus told him, You must obey the commandments. The young man answered, saying, He's kept everyone, which lie
2: Um,
1: (laughs) Jesus and goes Jesus didn't contradict him instead Jesus tells a man to sell every possession that he has give the money to the poor and come follow me the reward you will have treasure in heaven Jesus's words were too hard for him and the man went away it's like oof Mm. that is oof the other thing that I liked on page 20 uh, 91 is he goes you know what we're judging past sins by current standards as well. And yep, that is something that we do in America, especially in the current cultural context of everything. So, mm-hmm. Yes, page ninety-two, mm-hmm. where he's talking about the worship land, a band playing emotive music in the background. We like to we like to do stage presence. We like to do music. We don't always focus on the truth. You know, I'm not saying every church is like that, but there are definitely churches like that. This isn't to say music is bad. Just what is the reason and focus for doing the music in the first place? You know, it's nice sometimes, but is it adding to or subtracting from what's going on? I think that's what John was getting at there. I was like, all right, cool. You're you're sitting there going confused. Yeah, no, I, just, I don't know why I lost you, but I lost it for a second there. Okay. Where is, where is that It's on page 92. It's like halfway down the page. It it says, if only Jesus had a worship band playing emotive background music, I bet he could have won some over. But Jesus saw through to the heart of the people and he realized that even though they were following him, they did not actually believe in him. He didn't Mm. soften his message because, wait for it, he actually believed in his message. It was not enough to accept his miracles. The people had to believe and partake of him. And that's still the truth today. Mm. You know, and he continues on through that. And then he goes, we get at the bottom of 92, you know, and these are the classic verses from Matthew. If your right eye makes you to, uh, if your right eye makes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And then same thing, you know, about your arm Mm -hmm. or your hand, whatever that he has there. And he he goes too far, some may say, and though that may seem... Extreme, Jesus didn't say anything unless the Father told him to. These are the words of God. Again, going back to the whole idea that you know they, they all communicate with one another perfectly and everything. Right. And what Jesus says is by the authority of God. You know, going back to that whole concept. Man, yeah. And then he says, through these words, he's showing us a radical truth. Though the physical is temporary, the spiritual is eternal. It is not our bodies that ultimately matter, it is our souls. Mm. I was like, wow, okay, yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, and man. going through this, you know, uh, what I wrote here was Jesus raises the bar by expanding, thou shalt not murder, to thou shalt not be angry, essentially. Right. Because he talks yeah. about that here. Again, talk going back to even some of our conversation on words and kind con- <laughs> certain language and yep. what is the source of those words yep. and everything. I, I was reading that. And I thought about that. I was like, mm-hmm. I hope Aaron reads this and understands a little bit more better. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Uh. And you know, it going through this again, you know, the whole thing about God can't, send people to hell because of love and all that. And you get down to this last little bit here. Right. He goes, what does Jesus say about the ones who never followed him? He said, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devils and his angels. Matthew 25, 41.
0: Yep. Yeah. Those are some
1: heavy words. And then, 94, I summarize this way because you kind of touched on this about mm-hmm. the America. We tend to beg people to yeah. follow Christ, right? I said this, we will always have excuses for for not following Jesus and why we can't at this point in time or whatever. This mm. is why John points out the two examples shown in the scripture of people who said that they want to follow Jesus once it was mm. convenient for them. Let me bury my father, the son of the man who had, yeah. you know, that person. The son of a man has no... The son of a man, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head, you know, and that was to another person. Mm -hmm. And the assumption was that he wouldn't have a place to lay his head either then, you know? And so he's like, Oh no, I'm not going to do this. I'm done. And then the last sentence of the chapter, let us continue to love Jesus as a friend, but not forget to bow down before him as the King of Kings and as the lion and as the lamb. That leads right into chapter 9 Shock and awe
2: (laughs) I was was like shock and awe Okay,
1: And then the subchapter The subtitle What's in it for me Exactly what's in it for me I was like interesting Interesting So what stuck out For you from chapter 9
0: Where he's talking about having
1: Having joy to hold
0: on to. Pretty much it's uh, it came from the paragraph before a brief history. Which so, is on page... 99, sorry. Okay. Um, this says, what's more, he puts the kingdom inside of us. And what does it mean to have the kingdom living in us? The Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14.17 While the world experiences chaos, we have peace and order. While the world experiences hopelessness, we experience joy. Even when devastation hits and our lives are thrown upside down, and even when we cannot laugh because the pain is too great, we will endure. We still have joy to hold on to. When our loved ones die, when our children are sick or suffering, When we lose our jobs, we find ultimate peace and joy in the never changing faithful promise of God given abundant life. I don't know why, but like my mind got to thinking about, got to thinking about like for this joy and stuff like that, like that, that's, I guess the joy and peace and stuff that we can have for ourselves knowing what it is that we've been given okay through through Christ and stuff like that but it it just I don't know for whatever reason I guess also in spite of more so recent ish events and made me think of those that have passed away where I don't believe they were saved kind of thing I was just like hmm big mood killer <laughs> <laughs> to say the least i don't know it was as my thing was is so is that joy in knowing the lost of said person is in heaven if so what if said person wasn't saved is that joy just in knowing what our destination is kind of thing cuz that's i guess one thing that's i mean is always kind of i don't know ben In my mind, I suppose as the years go on, have, well, yeah, have gone on, is thinking about all of those that I know. And obviously, I mean, it's it's not you that saves someone, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, and it's Christ that saves a person. But it's just, I don't know. When, when I, when, when I, as soon as I just read the part of, you know, saying that, you know, when you your loved one dies, you know, and we can still have joy and peace and all that kind of stuff. It's just, oh. I don't know. Really? I don't know. I guess it's like how, in those moments, it's like, obviously, you grieve people's like passing, especially if they aren't saved. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess, what do you, hmm, what do you do in those
2: situations?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's rough because in here, and here's the piece, I guess, where I hold on to Mm -hmm. some hope, right? Mm -hmm. Whoever it may be, you know, whatever they may not be, You know, saved in their day to day life. You know where they're doing stuff, Mm -hmm. but there is always the hope, the chance that at the last moment they could cry out for salvation, Mm -hmm. and that could happen. But I've heard stories, you know, where that that was like a last minute deathbed thing. Mm -hmm. You know, where the person decided to say that prayer at the last minute, and you know, and then we have to have that hope that they are saved. Then they are in heaven. Hmm. And we will never know on this side of eternity until we get there. Exactly. We won't know on this side of eternity yep. whom that has happened for. Mm-hmm. We will mourn that probably, and 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 I can I can guarantee I uh, I say guarantee, but there are people that I know probably in that same boat where they are not going to be in heaven. They're not mm. saved. And as we were going through that revelation study, you know, where, you know, the, the, he was saying, oh, I, he goes, probably, I think some of those tears wiped away will be, you know, some of that knowledge mm. of, I didn't do enough for this person. I didn't lead, you know, provide enough information. They didn't get saved in that. And that might be very true. And that's yeah. not going to be an easy thing. I know that doesn't give you that immediate. Oh, fear, no. Right. But yeah. At the same, at the same time, mm-hmm. each of us are accountable for our own things. Yeah. Which is something that we have to remember properly mm-hmm. on that regard. Anything else from this chapter?
0: Uh, it was, um, <laughs> the last thing I have written down is, will we believe in his word over our feelings? Mm-hmm. Second paragraph of one hundred one, right? That's that's what I have. Okay, that's what I have. All right, Aaron, what were you going on about?
1: I'm guessing it's. Right, s- Maybe you're talking about the if we're honest,
0: right? I know which that would be the first paragraph. And you goof. Right, if we're honest, each of us has desire for sin and its pleasures. However, the passing pleasure of sin soon leaves us dissatisfied and frustrated. Yep. Uh Sin cannot fully satisfy. So we try to fill ourselves up with even more sin. All the while our hearts becoming harder to the spirit of God. And often we don't realize that we are in a vicious cycle, sin cycle. Yeah. That is scary.
2: <laughs>
1: That's the right. one. I, I, I've, yeah. I think a part that ties into that mm-hmm. is that near the bottom of 101 where it says, even though the power of sin is broken over us, and there's text in between here. Mm-hmm. It says, even though we are free, we are still we still wrestle against sin as long as we are in these earthly bodies. Mm-hmm. The strength to fight our own sinful desires is not found in our own willpower, but in God's faith." That can bring us to a place where we are able to fight sin, not in our own strength, but rather in his strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember having
0: conversations with the old man, um, kind of about well, with uh with sin and getting so caught up in it to the point where, yeah, where you do. Lose sight of uh, conviction from the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. and then you just turn away from Him. Yep, kind of thing. And that is also, uh, I guess you know, yeah. You think of the whole iron sharpens iron, uh, iron, iron sharpens iron, and uh, just how important it is for the. Well, I guess yeah, brothers and sisters in Christ to. Hold one another accountable and be on each other about stuff that we see, either being the sin and whatnot. Because, yeah, it is so easy to slowly slip into it and then just not realize how far away you've been taken. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like sitting in the kayak out on the lake or whatever. You'll sit in one spot, close your eyes for a minute or a couple, and then I open them, be like, I've gotten farther away. (laughs) You don't realize how quickly it takes you. Exactly. Or it's the whole frog boiling in a pot of water. You mean boiling a frog in a pot of water?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A frog boiling? Yeah. The frog
0: boiling in the pot of water. Wow. The frog has gone liquid. Yes. (laughs) A pot of water. Yes. Anything Frog in a boiling pot of water. Anything else from chapter nine? I mean, that's about it. All right. All right. I'm going to start at the beginning of
1: chapter nine. Okay. (laughs) Way at the beginning here. Sick. The the story where he got in trouble with his mother, you know, he had a little hyperactive outburst. Yeah. But what I found funny beyond that is he had the conversation with his mother where he goes, where she goes, he goes, she sat me down on her bed and explained that she would never stop loving me, even when she was mad. He goes, I was shocked and could barely believe it. Really? I said, and to this day, I recall her laughing, and she said, "Of course, silly. Nothing could ever stop me from loving you because I'm your mom, right?" And he goes on. It's interesting how we remember certain conversations, certain moments, in our lives are shape uh, that we're shaping or life altering. You know, yeah. these people. Well, these are conversations that all of us have had at one point or another. You know, maybe not necessarily as radical as John's. Maybe you know, not necessarily with family members it could be friends whatever it's something uh, that conversation blows your mind and i was just like oh yeah i think that's everyone can understand that concept because yes that is entertaining it doesn't tie at least for me too much into the rest of the chapter i think he just wanted to share that story with about his mom and i was like oh that's cool i'm (laughs) i'm here for it i'm all good for it the next thing is on page 98 here under heirs of the promise Where he goes, faithfulness is in short supply these days. We make a marriage vow until death do us part. Mm -hmm. He goes, this is very covenant promise of love and still nearly half of all marriages end in divorce. He goes, why? Because human faithfulness is fickle. Perhaps we fall out of love with our spouse. Perhaps one has an affair and is sexually unfaithful. And and then I just kept, kept, I put in my notes, I was like marriage in the wandering eye. Even in, (laughs) in John's book is coming up and just kind of hitting down on things and he keeps on going on that about faithfulness 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 you know first of all let's recall it because of adam's sin and how how it has polluted the entirety of the human race we are born spiritually dead you know keeps going on jesus was so faithful they took the penalty of our sin on himself and I was just like all right all right mm-hmm. I, I think I think you're getting at, at something here cool mm-hmm. and so going through that right and then you already hit on this, which was the page one on one thing. Mm-hmm. That if we're honest, each of us has a desire for sin and pleasure. I was like, yep. "Yep, oh yeah," and and I wrote in here, "We do not have to wait until we get to heaven to enjoy victory over sin. It's hard,
2: but you can do it." Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, yeah. That. That's yeah. That is kind of.
0: I don't know. I didn't even think about that.
1: Well, I thought this was even better on 102. Mm-hmm. God's promise to us is not that we will never again be tempted by sin. His mm-hmm. promise is that he has set us free from its power mm-hmm. and he will help us win the fight against the flesh. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling with sin and it is causing you to disbelieve that God has broken its power over you, then it's time to trust in the words of God. He never lies. Mm-hmm. And then he brings up this point. People that struggle with believing that God has truly forgiven them, this may be because they are bad at forgiving others, even for petty violations. Hmm. In other words, how could God forgive me for this horrible thing I did if I can't even forgive Aaron for you know, <laughs> doing whatever he does? <laughs> which is a long it could be a lot of things. It be a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> That could be a lot of things here. Other things I found interesting in this chapter, on page 103, he mentions that the wrath of God is mentioned over 500 times in the Old Testament, always toward the sin of his people. He will not allow even a hint of sin in his presence. But Jesus bore every last drop of iniquity and as a result became the object of God's wrath for our sin. Yeah. And then we go on to good old 104, right? Mm -hmm. God makes us promises that he cannot and will not break. Mm -hmm. If you are suffering from depression, you are not alone because he is with you. If you are struggling with patterns of sin or addiction, you can know that Christ has set you free from its power. If you are weak in the fight against sin, he promises that he will be strong through you. If you do not have an earthly father, God the Father loves you with the same measure. He loves his son. If you are poor, God has made you rich by giving you the greatest treasure, which is the gift of himself. If you are the outcast who is rejected, God has called you his family. I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> and that ends that chapter. And then we <laughs> finally get to chapter 10, to 10 yeah, I... life or death. In Life or Death, Chapter 10, I'm going to be honest, it read more like an altar call than Mm -hmm. anything as I was going through it. And it was basically reviewing his entire book. But there were a couple things in here that stuck out to me. Okay. Okay. So the first thing is on page 107, I wrote this. It must be nice to only have doubt once in your life. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that must have been so nice. Because he starts 107. The only time in my life where I struggled with doubt for more than a few hours. Anyway, was yeah. my first week of college. I was like, Oh, that must be so yeah, nice. For nights. real. Oh, John, you're, you live a blessed life. <laughs> so many.
0: Yeah. That was interesting to read about the, the, this couple of the, like the little interactions or whatever in college, especially with the, um, Feeling a warm, wet, some uh, something on like the back of his neck and kind of like, jumped or whatever. And there was some girl saying somebody, his neck is nimble or whatever. And like, sorry. It's like, what? <laughs> I was like, so did somebody just start, go up and start kissing the back of his neck? I was like, that's weird. But, all right. <laughs> yeah. She said, you have a nibble <sighs> neck. A, n- a nibble. That's it. Yeah. Nibble, nibble. Yeah. I read that. I was like, okay. Interesting. <laughs> like, that's. Ugh. Yep. I guess I'm glad that that's never randomly just happened to me like that. that ew, that'd be weird. I
1: do know. Nothing. <laughs> and so, you know, it starts with that little story about his little time in college and his one time of doubt. Again, this must be so nice. Mm-hmm. And then essentially the rest of this chapter is kind of summarizing the entire book. So he goes, his premise here is you have two options to follow at this point you have a choice Mm -hmm. you can either trust yourself in that case he goes what will you do when your heart changes will your truth change too right if the heart can lead you to get an ugly tattoo in your youth then certainly the heart can lead you into destruction
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was like thanks
1: like all right john i see where you're going (laughs) i was like let me see your ugliest tattoo, John. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right.
1: I actually do wonder if he has one that he goes, this is the ugliest of them all. Yeah. I do wonder that. And <laughs> other points he's making through the rest of the chapter, is it righteous to follow our hearts when the desire we have led to the destruction leads to the destruction of other people going back to that whole idea of justice earlier, you know, mm-hmm. you know wh- what, wh- which one is the right justice? What happens like the thief? You know, they're living their truth, but they're yeah. living what makes them happy. But what happens when it leads to the destruction of other people? In ever in an ever-changing system of morality defined by academic elites, politicians, media, or social justice warriors, he says that by definition, that ever-changing system of morality, mm-hmm. is a house built on sand. Mm. In other words, it, it, it's something that will change drastically over time because what is acceptable to social justice what is acceptable to the media what is acceptable to the academics will change rapidly in years and years and years and i love that he goes words that are now offensive that never were before and some of the words that he picked in there did you see those no i didn't yet no okay uh rioting
2: <laughs> yeah, offensive. uh lame thug Psycho. Mm. Mm, I
1: think back to his song, Circus for a Psycho. Psycho, right, yeah. <laughs> and Man Up. Man Up. Yep. Now I guess you have to do they Up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, love, I love that expression on your face. <sighs> you know, and John is continuing, and he's bringing new thoughts into this last few pages. Mm-hmm. He goes, being unaware of the new moral standard is an entirely unforgivable, unforgivable infraction on its own. In other words, you're not aware of what's offensive; that is offensive. That's you just, oh, you've just outdone yourself now. And then he ends this <sighs> trust ourselves section with this: other vice, other vices is equal to the illusion of happiness. In other words, like the vice of self righteousness mm-hmm. is we convince ourselves we are good when we are not.
2: And then page 111, trusting in God. Mm. And this is, oh, I'm sorry. Page
1: 112. 111 is where where that happens, right? I I summarize it as this, chasing the dopamine. Mm. And I'll read this here. Mm -hmm. You cannot weigh earthly pleasure against eternal pleasure. Eternal pleasure has no end. It cannot be measured. One of the reasons earthly pleasure passes so quickly is because we humans are not created with the capacity to enjoy constant pleasure. We get tired. We get full. We get bored. We get tired of eating the same old thing at our favorite restaurant, so we eat something else until we are tired of that. We listen to our favorite album until we grow bored with it. Then we find a new band. We might cycle through women, substances, or social media feeds until we need a new fix. This is the simple truth of human appetites. They do not satisfy us. Mm. So again, chasing that dopamine fix, chasing that pleasure. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes on a few things, but he ultimately ends. Well, I think 114 it probably has the best ending. That's where I would end it, but it goes this. It is folly. To trust a society that doesn't believe in truth.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's that last chapter from Awaken Alive Life to Truth, John L. Cooper. And it's only a hundred and. It's like 16 pages. Uh, or 16 pages. Yeah. I would say it's actually probably 106 by the time you factor in the blank pages. Oh, right, 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 right. So it's not that long of a book on the audible version that he has, it's only four hours. Yeah. So obviously read to you by him. So obviously it's pretty quick, mm-hmm. nuanced and small, but what, what, what do you think of this book, sir?
0: I liked it a lot compared to the other one. Well,
1: yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, that's not a hard bar to no. cross. <laughs> But, um, so like on a scale one to five, what would you give this? Oh, geez. I mean, for sure. A four for me, I guess. Okay. Any particular reason why four, not a five? You know what? No, I'll just give it a five. No, okay. <laughs> any particular reason yeah. why five?
0: I guess it was, it, well, all right. So for, for little old me, I think for most of it, it was easier. It, it, I could understand it for the most part. Okay. Um, much easier to understand compared to the well, compared to the last book, at least. I mean, obviously, it helps that it's by a guy that I mean, I enjoy his band and music and stuff too, so that's always really cool. Um, but no, I guess I mean I can't really think of anything that I, I guess I didn't like about it. So I guess I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just enjoyed how he went about things. I mean, obviously I generally pretty much just agree with everything he has gone on about and liked what he's had to say. Okay. I liked that he had scripture in there and stuff like that. And like he, I guess I would say yeah, he didn't shy away from stuff per se. Like he just kind of put it out there. Boom. Just, straightforward obviously i mean especially when you got to talking about that for like for christ how he he didn't hold back in the bible and stuff with what he said i mean i felt like john was very good with that i don't know it is nice and easy and short okay and it has prompted me to oh what was, it, what was i thinking of how i think like well, yeah how i think about my relationship with God and stuff like that, especially from earlier when I was talking about the whole, the marriage covenant and stuff like that. And how
2: mm-hmm.
0: I've obviously, yeah, Christ and the church and stuff is one thing, but like thinking of it as more individual as myself and God kind of thing. As far as that relationship goes, I I don't know why that seemed to just pop out a little bit more. And make me think of that aspect of it more of my, as far as my relationship goes, instead of just, I mean, obviously, yeah, spending my time with him and kind of checking the boxes thing as far as it, yeah, he wants, I guess, yeah, he wants you to be, um, I don't know, interested or whatever, or find that satisfaction in him kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when he talked about, Knowing God. Right. And I know you'd mentioned earlier that maybe by the end of this, I would have an idea of the next book. Yeah. And I'm hesitant to say it. Why are you hesitant? And to get into it, because it's going to be a, I know, at least for me, a very tough book because of when
1: it was written. And how it was written. And what book is that? Knowing God. That's what I thought it was. By Packer? Yeah. Yeah, that, that one can be a quite a, a... a And there's a few reasons
0: why I want to get into that book. Oh, yeah? What's that's one my dad has always wanted me to read, too. And this just helps give it even that more extra push to dive into that one and
1: take that challenge
0: for myself.
1: Woohoo!
0: Yeah, it's Oh no.
1: It's it, it, it's a lengthy book. Yeah, it is. 250 uh the last chapter starts on page 253. Oh boy. And there's a study guide that goes along with it too. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> It's named as one of the top 20, uh, 50 books that has shaped evangelicals. Wow. But how did you know that was going to be the next one? Just on how you were talking. Oh, sh- gosh dang it. I'm so predictable. <laughs> I know. It's, it's amazing, actually, how predictable that was. Like, you said a couple key words, yeah. and I was like, I know where this is going. <laughs> and as soon as you said those words, I was like, "Do do 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 do." Words going. <laughs> I honestly haven't read that one either. I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, is definitely
2: going to be a lot more wordy. A lot yes. more. Yeah.
1: Difficult than uh-huh. Cooper. This oh, is yeah. an intellectual writing. This not Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> No offense yeah right
2: <laughs>
1: yeah all right yeah now we know what the next book is
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> why do you keep going
1: yeah God, i'm nervous about this one this this one so the way this is wrapping up uh probably what will happen here we might get one episode of this in for the new one mm-hmm. by the Like, uh, December, Mm. maybe one it just because a it's wordy B we're going to Pennsylvania. Oh, right. Yeah. You know? And so things like that. So this one is probably going to be where we will do start it and then continue on in the next year with it. Oh, for sure. And this one, unlike Cooper's book, it will probably be one of those where we, do a chapter, an episode. Oh, for not sure. try to do Too multiple much. chapters. Yeah. I mean, some of these chapters are kind of small. Mm-hmm. There's 22 chapters. Okay. So it's not like it's crazy. So like example, chapter one starts in 17 Chapter two starts on 24. Okay. So maybe we'll do two chapters, but Dependent. we're not going to do half a book at a time. Cause mm. I think that will, drive Aaron crazy. I wouldn't be able to, uh, no, I couldn't keep up. So we will do that and then have fun with that book when it comes out. And look at that. It's on sale for 19 bucks with a study guide. With a study guide. And maybe this study guide will help you understand it more. I wonder, I'll
0: have to ask my old man if he's got this. If they even ever had a study
1: guide, with otherwise it. it's nine bucks for the book right now instead of twelve. Wow, because I have several copies of the book itself. Oh, that's the study guide. Is nine dollars? The book is eleven dollars. Okay. Interesting. Then the combo is cheaper than buying them each individually. For sure. And the yeah. book is normally twenty dollars on sale for eleven. Wow. Like I said, I think I have. A few I have
0: a few copies of the book itself. Um yeah, I'll I'll get my own copy. Okay. Um so you can get the study guide. I just want to make sure that I oh, well obviously I'd imagine they're gonna be the same, but
1: uh so this is the 2021 version. Okay. But they're probably gonna be the same, it's probably just a couple of little different comparisons. Okay. Because it's not like they updated it because the guy's probably not alive considering when it was originally written. Written, yeah. Forever ago. (laughs) Uh, Actually, no, you're not wrong. This is quite a long time. It was quite a long time ago. You know. Hmm. It's I don't have the original date, but it was it was early in the nineteen hundreds. So yeah. Sweet. So we'll do that. All right, here we go means Aaron is now going, oh, no. Uh,
0: What am I getting myself into? Just kidding. No, it's good.
1: Aaron is getting himself into something fun. Time to freaking grow, yo. Mm. Time to freaking grow, yo. (laughs) What sort of language is this? (laughs) Any last comments before we uh, wrap this up here, Mr. Johnson? So you would give a five, you said? Yeah. Okay, I'd give it four personally, but... well, why a four? Why can't... I'm just kidding. No, I I would give a five to something I 100% agree with. I have I some suppose. disagreements with him. Nothing that's too major. Nothing that is something that I would say you are out of left field and mm-hmm. we, we can't talk ever and I will <laughs> now stop listening to skilled music because you're a horrible person. I will now cancel you. Nothing like that. It, it, it's just this, yes. you know those things I was like hey, it's like a four it, it's very simplistic in its reading mm. so that kind of degrades some of it but I do also appreciate the simplicity in the reading because it gave me something light and fluffy to read at times mm. <laughs> and there's like oh boy this is light and fluffy you can't wait till the next thing uh-huh. by Packer yeah, my brain is going to be fried Well, look at it this way. You can be fried by learning how to know God better.